Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. These last have wrought one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Hopefully, hopefully, we all have biblical stories and verses that stick with us, that become a part of our lives, mantras, our life verse, if you will. Some stories inspire us. Others convict us. All are meaningful. One of the more meaningful stories in the Bible for me is the story of Jonah. It sticks with me because of the way God has to goad and prod Jonah to deliver the message he has given to the Ninevites. Perhaps it resonates because of my journey to the priesthood. Perhaps it is because of the life to which the Christian priest is called. Another story is the one of Eli, Jewish high priest of Shiloh, judge over Israel. Now, many of you will remember Eli from his interactions with Hannah, who is immortalized in infant nurseries everywhere by her quote, For this child I have prayed. What Eli is lesser known for is his leadership. His household, his sons specifically, behaved wickedly. And while Eli himself was faithful, he did little to nothing to correct the behavior of those for whom he was responsible. And in the end, his household was punished for his lack of action. Now, being a priest and in some sense responsible for the behavior, the souls of a parish family, you could probably guess why this story sticks with me. Today's gospel lesson is another story that has become a part of whom I am. And thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Let me explain the context of the story first. Immediately before today's gospel lesson, which we just heard, Jesus gives the disciples some very difficult sayings, very difficult teachings. Most of you recall the story of the rich man that approaches Jesus and asks him what he must do to inherit eternal life. Jesus tells the rich man, follow the commandments. The rich man replies, I do follow. He does indeed follow the commandments. He asks what more he lacks. Jesus tells him to be perfect. He must sell everything he owns, give it to the poor, and come follow him. The rich man Slumps, leaves dejected and sorrowful, for it's more than he can do. Now, following that conversation, just Jesus issues a teaching on the difficulty of the rich entering into the kingdom of God. It's here we get the famous or infamous. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, this teaching astonishes and shocks. It does so because in Jewish theology, to be rich is to be blessed of God. So it astonishes and shocks the disciples who then ask the question, who then can be saved? Jesus replies, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So our zealous friend Peter then speaks up, as he always does. Lo, we have left everything and followed you. 
what then shall we have? Now immediately following the low, we have left everything discussion, we get today's parable. The lesson we are to learn from today's parable is how God's justice and mercy works. And this is a lesson. You cannot buy your way into heaven. You cannot work harder than others. Nothing you can do is of any count in comparison with the deeds of others. It is only God's generous mercy and generous love that gain you entrance into the kingdom of God. And your life must be a reflection of God's mercy and love and not a comparison of yourself to others. Your life must be a reflection of God's mercy and not a comparison of yourself to others. The rich man may follow the commandments perfectly, but yet he is not perfect and is behind others. Peter and the disciples may give up everything and work and even give their lives for the kingdom of God, but yet others will enter the kingdom of God having not done so, having done very little, having done nothing. We all enter God's kingdom through his mercy. We must not be envious of others. We must not be prideful and think ourselves more deserving of God's favor. We must not think ourselves more worthy than another because of our own service in the Lord. And it's a bitter pill for many. I think humanity, we all, have a tendency to look at others and judge, make judgments, to look at the success of others. It's very common to have people come through my study worried with, or rather eaten up with, envy. They look at and judge themselves by the success of others in their vocations. And when they look at the success of others, they make a comparison. Well, I work a lot harder than that person. I'm smarter than that person. I've been here longer than that person. I am better than that person. They shouldn't be where they are. I should. Or persons will base their own families on the happiness of other families. Look at that family. They have three cars. They take vacations, have nicer clothes, are prettier, happier. It's not right. We should be where they are, not them. We work harder and longer. We're better. This morning, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, I'm not going to spend the morning comparing others. I'll talk about myself and make a confession. Because, believe it or not, priests suffer from the same temptation to envy as do us all. When I first got out of seminary, I was assigned to two struggling mission churches 45 minutes apart. I worked a minimum of 70 hours a week, put over 4,000 miles a month on my car. And I would meet with other priests I had graduated with. Priests who were assigned to wealthy and endowed parishes. Priests who were given all sorts of tools and resources to help them along. And all the while, I toiled away, bearing the burden and the heat of the day with almost nothing. From time to time, I'd become self-righteous, looking upon my brethren with contempt. They had it made, I did not. I toiled away in a rural and impoverished land, and they seemingly relaxed in luxury. Now that I'm here in Laurel at a bigger parish with more resources, one that provides a decent life, it is still tempting to look 
around at other clergy and the posts they're assigned to. To think about being at places of prestige and honor and power and importance. To think about being at large parishes with unending staffs and ministries. Now, from those thoughts and daydreams, envy rears its ugly head. I have in the past compared myself to the priests at those places of prestige and power and honor when thinking those thoughts. Might think to myself, well, I've been a priest longer than that person. How did they end up there? Might think, that person never studies. They don't do anything for devotion. And yet, that parish called them. It's not right. At that point, scripture usually, this scripture usually comes to my mind. Matthew twenty fifteen. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? I reckon these verses will always stick with me because there will always be clergy that seemingly have it better than I, somehow end up in places of prestige and honor, new clergy that end up not having to pay dues like the rest of us or have to earn things like others. There will always be a priest somewhere, somehow, who has what might be considered an easier life or who did not have to labor or earn what they have. Now, usually when today's scripture pops in my head, it's because envy has crept in. The verses pop to combat it. And with these scripture verses, the words of a very influential slum priest in my life arise. Now, the term slum priest is not derogatory. It originates in Victorian England. It's applied to certain priests who went down to the docks of London and built parishes and evangelized the poor and the more interesting characters of the day. A slum priest is someone who works in the poorest of areas with the poorest of people, forgotten places, places few dare tread, and Father John Heshley fits that bill. Now, some of you in this parish, especially the youth, have met Father Heshley. He's a priest at the parish in Chicago where our youth led Vacation Bible School two summers ago. Father Heshley is a man who, without any staff at all or support at all, barely scratching a living out, offers the Eucharist daily, offers daily offices without fail in his parish, day in, day out, works with the poor, the immigrant, the outcast never taking a day off. He has given his life to our Lord and to the poorest of the poor. And he told me these words that remain with me forever. He said to me, the highest calling of a priest is not to be successful, but to be faithful. He first said those words while we were at a gathering of priests from all over the diocese of Chicago. And we happened to be at a table with priests from the three wealthiest parishes in the country. These were priests that had at least two personal secretaries apiece, had enormous staffs, had every tool for ministry available, had it made, as it were. While at the table, they were partly kind, partly elitist, picking at Father Heshley for not leaving his parish after 35 years and taking a decent post. I kind of got irritated and I whispered to him very quietly, how did it not bother him to take such a ribbing from others, others who had been in the ministry 20 years less than he was? How did it not bother him to see other priests around him 
who had it made. The highest calling is not to be successful, but to be faithful. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, in our lives, no matter who we are or what we do, there will always be around us those who are more successful, have the lives we wish for ourselves, be prettier, thinner, whatever, have the positions, the careers we work for. In our lives, there will always be those who come to Jesus after us, working less than us, who receive the same reward and the same pay, some on the very last days of their lives. There will always be those who did not bear the burden and the scorching heat of the day, but will receive an equal wage. We must remember that in the economy of the kingdom of God, we do not compare ourselves to others. We do not become envious. We give thanks, rather, for the generosity of God both to us and to all. So let us take our place in the vineyard of the kingdom of God, laboring away, bearing the heat of the day, and giving thanks for our salvation and the salvation of others, especially those who come after us who did not bear the burden. Giving thanks to God and not comparing our lot in life to another. And do not forget that the highest calling for each one of us is not to be successful in the eyes of men, but to be faithful to the God who gives us life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.